Good almost noon, everybody. <laughs> it is almost noon. It's about 12 o'clock. Well, it is just a joy to be here, and I just want to just echo what Pastor Jamie just said. I mean, I really feel like the Lord brought you here uh, today and brought me here for a specific reason, and um, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm truly excited. I know we use that word a lot, but there's just a, a extreme joy in my heart today. <laughs> the Lord is doing, the Lord is so good, and He's so faithful, and He's just moving. He's moving powerfully, so powerfully, and um, so it's a, it's a real joy, and just thank you guys. Thank you so much. You know, um, many of you know me and my family. Uh, I have a wife named Gladys, and we have four kids. We are from uh, uh, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, and um, you know, some of you probably know us because we have been a part of this community for, uh, we've been coming up here for almost close, probably, I don't know, eight or ten years or something. I've known Pastor Jamie and uh, Pastor Nicole for uh, ten years, I think, so uh, we're just uh, really close, we have a close relationship, and the Lord has just grown our relationship to to just a deeper level, and it's been, it's been really amazing, but um, those of you who don't know us, just want to give you a little bit, bit of background, um, so uh, you can kind of get to know us and kind of get to understand where I'm coming from today. Uh, so uh, first of all, uh, my wife Gladys and I, we, we run a, uh, a ministry called Evergreen Missions, and really, our heart is to reach the unreached people of the world. And, um, you know, there are still many tribes and languages who have not heard the real good gospel of Jesus Christ yet. And um, I began to realize this after I was sent from Israel in, in 2008 to the unreached people where God really spoke to me and called me to the unreached people group. And ever since then, I've lived in far-flung islands of the Pacific. I've lived in uh, deep, uh, far jungles in Southeast Asia. I've lived in uh, just various places and many different people groups. I've learned languages. And uh, after being there for many years, I've literally seen that that there are truly unreached people groups. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've, I've walked and hiked hours and hours up into the far-flung, uh, deep you know, jungles and uh, villages way up there in the mountains of Southeast Asia. And there are these little, not little, there are thousands of people up there that are living. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're just, they're so fresh. They're, they're so excited to hear the good news of Jesus. And the truth is that they're so ready and the harvest is so full. And, you know, it's, it's been incredible. Like, you know, we, we uh, you know, maybe many, uh, I'm sure many of you have heard the story of the Salemba uh, or, uh, you know, this instrument that, that uh, opened the door for, uh, a whole tribal group in, in the Philippines where there are uh, close to more or less 50,000 people who have, uh, who are, they had their doors completely closed to the gospel, but because of this open door of the gospel through this ancient musical instrument being redeemed, uh, the gospel has, has come to this tribe and uh, it's been incredible to walk with them. And now we have uh, close to uh, 15 or more uh, church plants just within that one tribe. And uh, hundreds and thousands of people are coming to know Jesus. Um, 
It's just been amazing. But, you know, through all this journey, um, I kind of I realized that uh, really the Lord began to speak to me about, I believe, three or four years ago. The Lord said, look, Caleb, the gospel to the unreached is not going to be stewarded if you continue to do it the way that you're doing it. And he said, it's time for you to hand it over to the indigenous people because I'm raising up leaders in the indigenous communities throughout the 1040 window. And I am raising them up so that they can take the gospel and run with it. And I knew that the Lord was saying that, but to, do, to, to transfer that and to pass that baton, it took years. So the past three or four years, my wife Gladys and I have been intentional to, to hand over to uh, hand over this work of the of the gospel to the tribal groups that we are have been working with, and and we believe that there's so much more ahead of us. But um, you know, I called Pastor Jamie about three or four weeks ago, and uh, I just told him where we are, kind of where we are with with this. And pretty much, praise God, we have completely handed over the work to our indigenous leaders. And they are taking it and running with it. I mean, it is incredible. I mean, I, I, I hear so many testimonies, and I could just stand here all day and tell you testimonies of what God is doing. But we wanted to, I wanted to make a public announcement to the Philippines and uh, as well as Kitabas, uh, another country that we live in or we're ministering in. I wanted to make a public announcement to them that we have, you know, that we are commissioning our new leaders. And so I told Pastor Jamie that on the phone and he said, how can we help you? How can we stand with you? And uh, I said, you know what? If we can have a very well done video made, uh, where I can uh, make this public announcement as well as pray and prophesy over our leaders. And we just stand in agreement from, from us on this side of the world to stand with them and to support them and pray for them and prophesy the goodness of the Lord in their land. That's what I want to do. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So... I want to thank you as a community because uh, I came here yesterday and we filmed all day. We filmed, we produced a really well done video. We literally filmed it and edited it and sent it to the Philippines. And just last night, I mean literally about 12 hours ago, they displayed this video uh, at a big gathering in the Philippines. And uh, it was so cool because uh, all of these leaders, all of our tribal leaders from all over the Philippines, they came in and watched this. And um, there was such a, um, we delivered the heart for, to, for reaching the unreached people group. And it was just amazing because we, after the commissioning video, and we prayed, Pastor Jamie helped me pray. We, uh, we prophesied over them. And uh, after that, uh, I just got off the phone with, uh, with our pastor, one of our leaders in the Philippines. And he said that after that video was released, the people were so inspired to, 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 to uh, take that baton and run with it that they all responded like with a, like a resounding yes to, to reach their own people groups. Is that not awesome? And um, yes, and then after, afterwards, after their kind of official gathering, they had the rest of the day to just kind of hang out. And uh, my, our friend over there, he called me and just said that they were just, you could just see groups and, one group after another group after another group after another group, and they were all talking and talking about how they can reach the unreached people group, strategizing, you know. So it's just like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is, I feel, even in my heart right now, it's like we have done our side, our part, and I'm just so excited about this new season 
for us about what the Lord's going to do among these unreached people groups. So anyway, praise God. And I just want to thank you guys for standing with us this weekend. And um, I wanted to just say too, um, you know, I'm a musician and uh, I love to release the sounds of the indigenous. And I love to release uh, the, uh, the ancient sound of worship uh, from around the world. And um, I, I've made some, some albums and CDs through the years and I've got some of them out there and I just wanna give them as gifts to you guys. Um, I don't have a whole lot. So um, if you really feel like, like you would like one of those CDs, feel free to grab one on your way out. And um, so, uh, oh, with that said, I have another album that's actually was just released this week. So uh, you can listen to that on all of the um, online distribution channels. Uh, you can just type in my name, Caleb Byerly. The album is called Lost in the Found. Lost in the Found. We are found in God. We are found in Him. And in that place of being found in Him, we have the freedom to get lost in His goodness. So that is what the album is about. It's actually a soaking album where we just played the Salemba. And uh, I got to re record like hours of this, of this uh, Salemba. So you're welcome to listen to that online as well. All right, you guys good? Guys, good? Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are just so thankful for your goodness. And Lord, we just step into this place of, of abiding in you. And uh, we thank you that we don't have to like strive or, or uh, try to create something that... Uh, with our own strength, but we get to just rest in you and see what you do. And we just, we just do that today. Well, um, I want to kind of share with you a little bit of a uh, thing the Lord has been talking to me about um, here recently. Uh, this is actually a, uh, a journey, a, quite a journey of healing that the Lord has taken me through. Um, About, uh, about five or six years ago, I was going through this season where I was very busy in life. And um, I, uh, you know, I just, we're, we were just returning back to the United States and we had just bought a house and we were renovating that house and we were, uh, I had some businesses that I was stewarding and then we had a ministry in the nations and, and we would speak and minister a lot on the weekends. So, I mean, you could tell I was very busy. I had a lot on my plate. And, um, and I remember going to a Sunday service. Um, I actually spoke three services on one day. And that, that is really draining, really draining. Because, like, just one service is, like, it, it, it takes a lot from you because, you, you know, you're you're hearing from the Lord and you're also res responding to that and you're just, you know, but it was three services and um, it was two in the morning and then one in the late afternoon and then that, that one in the late afternoon lasted for a long time. We prayed, we were praying and praying for people and just the Lord was moving in a powerful way and it was down in North Carolina. And um, so anyway, during that time, when I had finished the service, I got in my car and I was driving home. And as I was driving home, I just immediately felt this like uh, shift in my gut where like it almost felt like someone had grabbed my gut and twisted it. And it was just like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And I, I, I praise the Lord, I, I have not been sick much at all through all of the years being out in the, in the nations. Um, but it, from that day on, my health just went 
it really declined. And uh, it was very bad. I will not go into detail, but it was just, it was bad. It was bad. I lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of energy. I just lost a lot. And, um, you know, like when you're sick, it just feels like you can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? And I was just in that season, and I knew for a fact that God was going to heal me. Um, I, I just knew it, and I uh, had many pray, people pray for me during that season. And I went through a season of figuring out what it was, where I'd, I'd gone to lots of doctors, and these doctors, um, you know, they had, uh, did lots of tests, and it turns out that I had a severe case of ulcerative colitis, which is um, an autoimmune disease. And uh, basically what this happens in this, with this type of disease is that your immune system gets confused and it starts fighting against itself. It starts fighting every good, pretty much everything that comes into your body, it just zaps it. It kills it. Even the good bacteria, the good minerals, the good stuff that you receive into your body, it just kind of eliminates it and then it goes out. And that was my life for, um, I don't know, three or four years. And um, I, I just knew that God was going to heal me. And um, I sought the Lord about it. And uh, I would try one medication that the doctor gave me and the medication would work for about two or three months and then all of a sudden my my body would decline it. It would start to just reject it. And then so I'd change medications and try that and it would work. And then after some time, it would reject it. And then I was like, okay, well, let me try like a, a natural route. So I tried all these natural foods I tried to take out gluten, took out, uh, you know, different grains and soy. And uh, I was spending a lot of time and money to make sure that I would eat the right thing, you know. And that helped, but after some time, my body started rejecting it. And I was just like, what is going on here? And... Um, you know, a lot of times when the Lord speaks to you, he, he uses things that are happening in the physical realm to teach you something that's happening in the spiritual realm. Um, well, that's what, what, what the Lord was doing with me in that season. And um, I'm not saying that he gave me that sickness to, to show me. Um, that's not the case at all. Um, it was a straight-up attack from the enemy, and praise God, I was completely healed from that, that disease. And um, I, can, I can actually, uh, I'm a witness to say that I was dying, and the Lord saved me, and I'm alive, like seriously. And um, so praise God for that, but I did learn an amazing thing through this process that I'm very thankful for. And I kind of wanted to share that with you all, if that's okay. All right. Um, first of all, it was an attack from the enemy. It was, uh, the enemy wanted to, to kill me. He wanted to destroy me. And, um, you know, the thing about the enemy is that he is powerless. He's absolutely powerless. He cannot create anything. He can only imitate God. It's like looking at a portrait on a wall. He looks at that portrait. He sees the, the beauty and image of God, and, and he tries to be like that. But he can't be God. And um, he, he uh, you know... What he can do is if he, if he gets permission from you, he will use that to distract you and make you focus on things that are not of the Lord. 
And so his, one of his main tactics is to distract you, is to keep, you, keep your minds on, on worldly things and not on heavenly things. And we know in Colossians 3, it talks about, you know, keep your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So um, I was so distracted in that season of sickness because I was trying to figure out how to fix it. And uh, the Lord wanted to heal it. The Lord wanted to. He wanted my eyes to be on him in order for him to heal me. So one of the big things that I noticed during that season is that, like I mentioned earlier, everything that I was eating, my body was not absorbing it. It was not going into my body. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? It was pretty much just coming in and going out. And that was due to the fact that my immune system was just confused. It was, a, it was actually a had a spirit of confusion on it. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times the, the Lord speaks to us through, hum, uh, through uh, physical things to show us spiritual things. You know, a lot of times, even in my spirit, uh, I am, if I, I, if I am attacked by this spirit of confusion, I'll get distracted. And then my, my, even my spirit man is not purely receiving the word of God. It's not receiving the goodness and the word of God. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But my gut had all sorts of inflammation. And the inflammation was a byproduct of not being able to receive, absorb the goodness of the food that I was eating. So when I talk about food, I'm, I want to refer that to the Word of God, you know. So a lot of times we want to read the Word of God. We want to receive what we want to receive what Jesus has to give. Jesus is the Word, um, but our our spirit man is not able to receive it because our our minds are on things of the earth and not on Him. We just want to receive from God without being a part of God. And that's, that's what happens a lot of times. It's about connecting and abiding in him. And everything else flows. Our health, the goodness of God, the resources from heaven. Right? Auto, autoimmune? I don't like that word. Who, who in here likes that word? Nobody. Autoimmune disease is when your immune system is confused. And it is not of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I feel like this is happening to our, our spirit man. And we got to recognize that the only way to eliminate the autoimmune disease is to abide in Christ. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the vine. If your health, if you think of it like your health is, you know, a byproduct of who you are. Uh, your health is a byproduct of who you are. It's like a fruit. Well, if you're, if you're cut off from the, the vine, then you're not going to produce good health. You're not going to produce good fruit. So we have to stay connected to the root. Through this, all of this uh, process of sickness, I would eat so much. I would, I would actually consume so much food every day thinking that that was the only way that I could survive. Um, I mean, I was, I, was, I was just eating and eating. Like, and it was good foods. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do farm-raised uh, foods you know, gluten-free, you know, grain-free. It was just all these different diets that I tried. You know, all of that stuff is amazing. All that stuff's good. It is. I'm not saying it's bad. I just tried it all, and I ate a lot of it thinking 
that that was the only way that I was going to be able to gain. But I just kept going down. Until finally I just gave, I, I gave up trying. Not because I was tired, because I could have kept going. It was just because I realized the goodness of God that what he was wanting to bring me into. I read a uh, verse, or I ran into a verse, and I want to read this verse to you. Let's look at Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. It says, um, verse 5, it says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you are not warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them in bags with holes. <laughs> I don't want to be that kind of person. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know about you. I don't want to be that kind of person. Yeah, I want to receive and absorb every nutrients that heaven has to give me. And I want to be like a good soil that every seed from heaven that plants into me is going to grow. Amen? I was, uh, this is what the Lord has been taking me through. Let's go to the verse 9 and 10. Now listen carefully when with these words. Listen carefully. The Lord's saying something here. 9 and 10. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because my house is in ruins. While every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you, the heavens above you withhold the dew. And the earth withholds its fruit. Wow. What the Lord was actually telling me through this. Is that I was not stewarding the house of the Lord in me. I was not abiding and, and truly uh, deepening my relationship. I was actually trying to live on reserves from the past when the Lord was doing something new right now. I was trying to go through my storehouse and my heart and pull out old reserves and say, oh, this is what the Lord did to me 10 years ago. I was going through the storehouses and taking all these, these testimonies of what God had done many years ago and saying, oh, I'm going to live on this. When the Lord says, I'm doing something right now. Recognize it. You guys with me? Yes, you know, this, this verse, it says, Therefore the heavens above you withdrew the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. That's a, it's actually withheld because of me. It was myth, like the Lord withheld his goodness to me because of I was trying to revert to, to get something from the Lord that he did many years ago instead of recognizing and walking and abiding in that, the truth of who he is right now. And uh, many times the heavens are withheld from us because we haven't created room for him to dwell in us. You know, many times the heavens are withheld from us because we have not created the room for him to dwell. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to John 15. I would love to read through the whole chapter 
And uh, if you have time this week, please go through just the, the whole chapter of 15 and, and of John 15 and just read through it. But soak it in. Soak it in. This is one of those chapters that you need to, to read slowly. You know, don't just kind of glaze over it and, and say, wow, that was great. But just soak it in. Just listen to the words that Jesus was saying. I'm going to start with just verse 4. It says, abide in me and I in you. It goes both ways. It says, abide in me. We need Jesus in us. But we also need to be in Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a dual relationship. After that it says, as the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me you know all of us want to have good fruit in our in our life right I mean we all want good fruit we all we all want to look at you know what God's doing and say yes this is fruitful and we all want that, but, you know, there's actually a way to produce fruit apart from God, but it's not good fruit. You know, Jesus said, all the, every branch that's bearing bad fruit, I'm going to cut it off. So it is possible to bear, good, uh, bear fruit, but it might not be good, or I know it won't be good fruit. And, you know, the thing about that is that when we are connected to the root we bear good fruit. And we, uh, we should be intentionally connected to him. You know, the thing about fruit is that when we are connected to him, we don't have to strive to make that fruit grow. We don't have to strategically plan on how this fruit is going to develop. You know what I'm saying? Let the vine dresser do that. That's not our responsibility. Let the vine dresser be responsible for how the fruit is going to grow, even how you are going to grow, right? Give him permission. Be available. Be vulnerable. Give room. Because when you do that, it positions yourself to grow the way that he wants you to grow. God wants us to be a, a, like a, a beautiful tree planted in the courtyards of God that bears good fruits continually. And he doesn't want us to be like a tree that has one really strong branch coming out here, bearing a bunch of fruit, and then a bunch of little twigs over here on the side. He doesn't want that. And you guys see what I'm saying by this? He doesn't want us to just be a great really, really good at one spiritual gift or, or have one really amazing fruit of the Spirit and then we're just really good at that and we're bearing really good fruit with that and then the rest of our lives are like, <laughs> he doesn't want that. He wants us to be a glorious tree for him that's bearing good fruit on all sides. An even tree, you know, we, we, that way we can produce fruit. That even, you know, amazing thing about trees, if you see a really good tree, you're going to notice this. A really good, healthy tree stands strong like this. It's straight, and it's got lots of limbs that are evenly spread out. That's what a good tree looks like. Looks like this. What does this look like? Worship. Worship. And then look what happens when we receive the goodness of God. The goodness of God flows from, from above and underneath. And then we produce good fruit. And the tree is not striving, it's worshiping. And then when we worship, we give good fruit year after year after year. Year after year after year, day after day, hour after hour, we, we drop 
and we release and we're generous and we give to the world. Even during the hard seasons when the cold begins to come and our leaves begin to wither, they drop and go to the nations. The Holy Spirit's wind comes through and blows us and our leaves are the healing for the nations. And even if you, if you took a really strong tree, if I took a chainsaw and I cut it down and I chopped it up into a thousand pieces, I loaded up all the wood, every single thing, I loaded it up and took it away, that tree would live on. Did you know that? Because every fruit that it produced had seed in it. Every fruit that it dropped year after year. Did you know that there are millions of seeds that are laying in the ground just waiting for the right environment to happen? Millions. Millions of seeds are waiting for water, soil, or sunlight. And if you give it those three ingredients, boom, it starts to grow. So that's who we want to be. We want to be a, a tall standing tree in the courtyards of God, right? <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, that is sincerely who we want to be. We do not want to be people that just strive to make it happen. We don't want to try to grow just part of ourselves and forget the rest. We want to have the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of Christ dwelling in us. Yes, Lord. We don't want to just focus on what we can do for you. We want to put our, all of our attention to what we can do with you. Not just what we can do for you, but what we, we can do with you. Lord, stir that up in our hearts to co-partner with you just like Adam did in the garden. May we co-partner to create this garden with you. I want to turn to John chapter 15 again uh, and just verse 6. It says, you did not choose me. This was Jesus talking. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Wow. That last part there says that whatever we ask the Father, he will give it to us. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, imagine like I could just ask for anything, right? Right? I've always asked myself that question. Was that, what was he saying? Well, the Lord gave me some direction on that. If we're not truly abided in Christ, we may ask the wrong thing. But when we, when we are, when we step in to the fullness of Christ, and we're living in that throne room with Christ, seated with him. We see the goodness of the Lord and what he's doing. When we're in that environment, in that place, and we're operating out of that place of relationship, then we, the Lord actually gives us a desire to know what to pray for, what to ask for. We're not just asking for anything. You know, we're not just, just saying, uh, I really need a car, so Lord, just give me a car. You know, um, we are actually stepping into what the Lord wants to, for us. We see 
we look into God's eyes and we can, we can actually, through God's eyes, see the reflection of ourselves. And then through his eyes, we can see what we need. Do you see what I'm saying? We're not looking in a mirror at ourselves. We're looking at his eyes. And through his eyes, we see ourselves. And through his eyes, we know what we need. And that's where we ask. That's when we say, this is what we need, Lord. This is what we need. And that's when he rains down goodness from heaven. That is when resources that are way beyond what we could do with our own strength come. That is when divine health comes. That's when divine wisdom comes. Comes from looking in the eyes of the Father and seeing with the reflection. And truthfully, it's not really about just what we can do. It's about what he is doing. And it's about his love and, and his goodness in this land. Amen? Amen. Whew. Yes, thank you, Lord. I want to, um, I want to tell you a story about a uh, flute that I've been making. You mind grabbing that flute for me? This is a this is a flute. So I'm I'm an instrument maker. Um, I um, have a shop there in uh, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, and I make all sorts of instruments. And one of the things I love to do is I love to make musical instruments from from uh, tribes around the world to help redeem the ancient sounds of worship. And I really believe the Lord is is releasing a new sound but it's also an ancient sound that is being reawakened. And, um, you know, I just, I, I've been on this exploration of rede redemption of musical instruments for a long time. Uh, ever since, you know, I lived with a tribe and helped redeem their musical instruments. And, um, you know, about a month ago, I uh, got a call from one of my friends, his name's Dave. And uh, he, he said, hey, Caleb, I just dropped some really old wood off at your shop. You got to check it out. And I was like, okay. So I went over to my shop the next day, and I, I noticed that there was this pile of wood that was like chopped up wood from an old door. And it was just laying there on my floor. So I, I picked it up, and I looked at, I looked at the 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 first thing I look at when I look at wood is the end grain, which is this section here. And you can tell, it, it tells you the story of the wood by looking at the end grain. Um, you, can, you can usually tell how old it is. Uh, you, can, you can tell how dense it is. And so I, I was like, wow, this is some old wood. And I, I looked at it and counted it, and it's probably around 300 years old this wood and it comes from a Douglas fir tree and uh, I, I was like well okay well I'm just going to try to make a flute out of it and so I, I you know I put it on the lathe uh, in my shop and turned it and kind of roughed shaped it and kind of bored the inside bore here with it and kind of got it to the general shape and then I, I, I made the mouthpiece and after I made the mouthpiece, I, I put it on there and blew. And as soon as I blew that first sound, the sound of this wood just resonated in my shop. And I was like, whoa. I was like, what is this sound? It was like the sound of history, the sound of his story. And it just like just resonated. And it was so prominent you know a lot of times when you make flutes you don't know what it's going to sound like sometimes it sounds like wispy and airy and sometimes it sounds like the wood is talking to you and there's this balance of of the wind and the wood and you want to find the perfect balance this was like all wood 
declaring to me something. I know this sounds wild, but please, please understand me. Okay. And, uh, all right, I, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, long story short, I called the guy back. I said, uh, where did you get this wood from? Tell me the story. So Dave told me, well, I was renovating this old house. The, the house was built in 1947, right after World War II. And this door was the front entrance door of the house. It's been the front door ever since 1947. And uh, the uh, returning soldiers built the house. The returning soldiers from the World War II, they built a house, a really well-built house. And uh, it was purchased by a really wealthy man, and then he sold it to a doctor. And a doctor who delivered babies used this house as the delivery rooms for many years. And throughout the 1960s, they said that half of the population of Wilkes County was born in that house. Imagine how many brand new babies came through that door when they saw the sunlight beat on their face for the first time, coming through those doors. Imagine how many, how many babies and how just goodness that came from those years well, then after in the, in the 1970s, the house was turned over to uh, the government and uh, the, it became federal housing for uh, people, which eventually just went, and the house turned into a drug uh, site for drug dealing. And so from the 1970s onward, up until about 10 years ago, the house was used for drug dealing. And uh, in, 20, in 2011, so just about 10, 11 years ago, a, uh, a spirit-filled believer who's a contractor, he bought the house. And he bought it and he said, I'm going to renovate this place and turn it into housing for missionaries and for believers and people who are in need, truly in need. So he did that. And they went through this 10-year process of renovating it. And they were in the last section, which was the door. They took the door down, put a new door on. And when they took that door down, that's when the guy cut it up and took it over to my shop. And now this home is used as a place of redemption. And as I was making these flutes, I was like, wow, there's just such a a story of redemption through, through these flutes. And I only am able to make 12 flutes out of this door. Um, but I, I carved, I hand carved a, a, a bird on top here. It sits right on top. And uh, it, I call it the bird of hope. Because, you know, birds, they migrate. And they go from one place to another place. And when they go, they take hope with them. And so that's why I decided to put a bird of hope just as a story of redemption, that God is truly redeeming things that have been broken, things that have been stolen, and, and he's restoring it, redeeming it back to the goodness of God. Amen. And um, not to try to sell these to you, I'm not here to do that, but if you guys are interested in purchasing these, We've decided to, I'm going to be making these to raise funds for the nations. It's going to go through our, our missions organization to go and reach the unreached people. So if you're interested, I think we have, like I said, there's only 12 available. I think we have a few more slots if anyone's interested in, in getting one from me. But anyway, you guys want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. All right. So before... I do it, just posture yourself in a place of worship. How about we all stand up?
Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we just bless everybody in this room. I bless you, Jesus. I just want to thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing. We just abide. Lord, just, just, we just abide. We just stay connected to you. Stay connected to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you.